This is another quarantine edition of the A to Z podcast. It's been seven weeks today since our sports went away. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott. Uh, a to Z podcast.com, facebook.com slash A to Z podcast at Akron Jackson at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts as always to scene to the honeymoon grill and the Portage Lakes to American fireworks in Hudson, but always open at American fireworks.com guys. By now we know, uh, what it's going to be, uh, for your graduations, for your graduation parties. If you're doing uh, gender reveals or anniversary parties or whatever, um, American Fireworks okay. has you covered. So call them up, dial them up at AmericanFireworks.com um, and tell them A to Z sent you. They've been known to take care of you. If they do, they've been our partners and our friends for a long time. Uh, the family is just Cleveland sports fans, just like you guys. And they Good will people. help make whatever uh, impromptu or alternate or whatever word I can't come up with, uh, graduation or other party, even spicier. Speaking of spicy, Dre, how are you, buddy? Oh, man, it ain't Tuesday because I'll be getting my spicy chicken. I ain't got Popeyes in so damn long. Um, speaking of, I'm good, but I'm good. Even though it's seven weeks of quarantine, that ain't good. But I will say this. I will be uh, using our friends from American Fireworks as well because I have a great party that's coming to town. Uh, before we go back to baseball, whenever quarantine's over, uh, the great people at Swenson's Hamburgers and Drive-Ins and all that other good stuff, they're not a sponsor. They should be, but they're doing something unbelievable for my kids. I was cleaning, quick story, I'll tell it. I was cleaning my son. My son wanted to change his room around, move his room around. And during quarantine, the rules have been lightened in my household with the kids because I feel bad that they got to be around me every day, and I'm sure their feelings mutual. And so I'm moving my son's room around, and I keep, I find like 4 or $5 in golden tokens from Swenson's, but they're like hidden throughout his room. And like I tweet about it, and I tweet, I was like, hey, you know, the best thing I found was my son's been, been hiding these these. Swenson coins all around his room. I tweeted out. Swenson sends me a DM. I got hit up in the DM. That's when you know you're fat and married and boring. My only DMs are from freaking sandwich companies and fireworks. Boom. So Swenson tweets me and is like, hey, man, give me your address. We want to do something for AJ and Isabella. Well, they sent hats. They sent them little, uh, they got the little, like, the trainee, like, uh, things that you can put on your chest to say that you work at Swenson's. Uh, gave them some tokens. And Swenson's has told my kids that they will let them throw a party. They'll bring a party to them for them and 30 of their best friends. I'm going to get fireworks, and we're going to blow it all out. Uh, that's how we're going to kind of end the school year for all the kids locally around me. Uh, and the way I'm going to kind of celebrate my kids uh, going through this quarantine. So, Swenson's, thank you. I take my hat off to you, uh, and I'll pay for the fireworks. How about that? Well, I don't like you much, but I've been Isabella's friend for a long time, so can I come to the party? <laughs> 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 I'll tell him that the buddy's coming. <laughs> hey, if that's what it takes. <laughs> you know, I think I told you this. I sent you pictures. I've been to graduation parties where the Swenson's food truck comes. And, yeah. I mean, it's good living. It really is. It's great living. It's great living. So, yeah, give them something to look forward to. I appreciate Swenson's doing it. Uh, I think we all need that. Most of us that are listening to this podcast and speaking on this podcast are looking forward to um, game dates to look forward to, and we actually be able to go to them. And, Zach, I'll start with that. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the NBA at this point in time, but this just looks like we're getting to May 1st. Um, and I know our friend Brian Winhorst has been very strong and kind of saying it looks like the season may be over. I know none of us want to – we don't want to say that or feel that, but as we go forward, 
I, I guess the whole Disney thing could kind of work since Disney owns all the land and all that other stuff. I just don't see professional players or professional guys of any sort uh, giving up more than two weeks alone, uh, not being able to do whatever the hell they want, drive their cars, uh, see their side ladies and all that other stuff. I just don't buy into it. I just know the lifestyle of the professional athlete, of hell, not even a professional athlete, of a young, strong, healthy person. They're not going to be locked down in one place for more than five days. Just my opinion. Baseball has a schedule. Schedule means absolutely nothing at this point in time. If we get baseball back, it will be a completely different schedule, most likely, a schedule like we've never seen before. I'm okay with that. NFL is saying, and I'll give the NFL this, Zach, they've been steadfast, brother, and we're going to have our draft. We're going to have our draft. Even though some people didn't want them to have a draft, they end up having it and it went off without a hitch. Now they've come out and basically said they're going to come out with a schedule here pretty soon, um, and I'm sure it's going to have some flexibility to it. But I'll tell you, I hate saying it this way, but having something to look forward to, even if it's something as, as, as small as, you know, a schedule that could or could not happen, excites me. But what are you, what are you hearing and what is your opinion of what this schedule may look like when we finally get it? Well, I think the schedule that we see within a week here uh, or so, and uh, it'll probably May 1st when you're listening to this or thereabouts, they said no later than May 9th. So that tells me, you know, late next week. Um, and they'll do ratings again on that. But sure. I don't think it'll look much different. I think that they're, you know, b- based on Peter King's reporting and some other things that have been out there, the division games will be moved back and that it will be either intra-conference or, um, you know, cross-division games early just in case they have to smoothly take two or take four off to make it fit. But the NFL's part on this, Dre, and again, it comes back to we don't know. Uh, there's so much unknown with, with anything, with finding a site, with finding testing, with the league signing off, with all of these things, right? Uh, the NFL has time on its side. So especially if they're not going to be fans, like why couldn't right. the NFL play from November to March if they needed to? They absolutely could and, and not lose anything there, right? The other sports, right. the ones that are supposed to be in now, Hockey and basketball, where we're supposed to be in the second round of the playoffs right now. I mean, this is yeah. this is really prime TV watching time right now for sports. It's just not happening. So, you know, as we talked about at length in the last podcast, for the NFL to have training camp, you're going to have to have 250 people, right? And what that's right. going to look like in terms of structure and who's in and who's out and what happens if someone gets sick or if some state – just absolutely does not even allow for that to happen. Um, they got to overcome that. But we're talking months and months. And, Dre, I think, you know, talking about it being May 1st here within a few hours, um, colleges, they have maybe not a drop-dead date. Maybe that's not the right term. But they get yeah. into June. They got to make some decisions for August and September, right? The NFL, yeah. which already is the boss of TV and already mostly owns its own stadiums and every team owns its own facility and all of that stuff, and they're all privately run. They got nothing but time on their side. So, um, yeah. you know, I was more curious, and, and I know that you don't know because nobody knows, but I know you've been doing at least a little official baseball work for various, yeah. um, you know, podcasts or radio shows or TV shows or whatever. You know, kind of what is the vibe other than people just, just getting anxious because, um, you know, March had like 73 days and April's been long. Um <laughs> Not not that well, long, but no, I think but people got people really got to be saying uh, as they look at this and see May first, they got to be saying, 
a little bit of oh shit. At least that's my take on it. Yeah, you know, there has been some positive. There's been some positive angles pushed out over the last 48 hours or so. And I've had conversations, as you said, with certain people within the organizations and around baseball. And I'll say this, just like anything else, every time I kind of get excited of, yeah, we're going to get baseball, I talk to another player or another person who brings me back down to earth. Um, a couple of nights ago, I was texting with a couple of players, and I won't say names just because I don't want to get anybody. Because, you know, some guys are like, hell yeah, you name the place, name the time, I'm there, let's go. And then I talked to another guy who's friends with the person I was talking to, and he was like, man, it seems shittier and shittier every day. And I got that text at like 1230 at night, Monday night or Tuesday night. And I remember like it crushed me, Zach. Like I'll, I'll admit, because you allow yourself to kind of get into the groove of, all right, we're about to do this shit. This is good. Like, like, like you know, we're going we're gonna to have baseball. And then just one player, one negative thing from a player, instantly like just it was a punch in the gut. Now said player said that at 1230 on Monday, Tuesday. The last time I talked to him like five hours ago seem more positive but i think that's kind of where it's at because you get a couple guys that agree to something but the thing is with baseball right now they've got to be very careful i think they all want to come back and then like we were, i was just interviewing adam Pleco, who will be it'll be on um it'll be on tv next tuesday or monday and we're going to start the 22 game win streak on sports time ohio uh, coming up Monday, and we're also going to, it's going to be on the radio as well, I think. I think they're going to play it on WMMS. <laughs> so you're going to get 22 days straight right up until Memorial. What else are you going to play, Zach? I know. And people I, I, I'm, not, and I'm people- not laughing because it's bad. I'm saying, of course they are. That's what I'm saying. Right. But, but some people have been bitching that they hadn't already did it. And because and I, I'll take people behind the screen a little bit, because um, because everybody had to get out of the buildings, and I don't want to get in trouble for this, but I'm not saying anything wrong, because the buildings had to be cleared, they couldn't just go ahead, go ahead and, and like, and everybody thinks, well, you guys have the games, just replay them. Well, games that were played in 16, 17, or whatever else, you get licensing for music that you can and can't use. Like, there's certain, like, you literally have to go back and watch every game to make sure different sponsors aren't in there that aren't supposed to be in there, music beds that shouldn't be in there or could be in there. Like, you literally have to go through it with the fine, you know, like, and, and pay attention to it and not just slap it back out there. So what they've done, and then no one could do it in our studios because everybody had to leave the studios. So basically guys were producing these things and doing things from their home. So that took a little bit longer. So I'll, kudos to all of our guys um, at Sports Time, at Fox. When you're seeing these games back, redone back, they're not getting done the way they usually are. I, so I'll give credit to those guys. You know, most of these guys are sitting at home or sitting in with their kids, and I know a couple guys that are, sitting with trying to teach their kids and trying to break down a game and break it up so it's legally right. So nobody gets fired. But we are going to start the 22 games, uh, a uh, win streak from a couple of years ago. And it's going to end on Memorial Day. I find that interesting, and I'm not calling anybody out. But I remember the first date we were told, and this is why I'm very cautious on going with dates right now for baseball. But I can tell you the first date that we were told to kind of prepare for to be ready was Memorial Day. That was the day, Zach. I'm telling you, when I left Arizona, they were like, we think we can get everybody back together, and we're hoping to start the season and kick it off around Memorial Day. Okay. Well, that ain't happening. Uh, you can see the 22nd win in a row on Memorial Day <laughs> uh, from, from, <laughs> from 17, but you ain't going to see any of our guys, any of the guys currently on the roster, uh, playing on Memorial Day. Well, right. So I've heard, so I've heard Zach, and maybe this is you know false, go, you know, false like the last one, but I've heard maybe 4th of July, Independence Day. Right around Independence Day, they're hoping that you get spring training 
of two to three weeks underway by the end of May, uh, maybe June. And hopefully by the end of June, 4th of July, you have baseball and you get almost 100 games. Okay, so and if that happens, yeah. if that happens, Zach, I will sprint around my neighborhood with uh, Swinson's juice all over my lips. <laughs> all <laughs> right, so t- May- Memorial Day is May 24th. And we can still use that mm-hmm. as a guy. Obviously, there's not going to be baseball being played then. We can still use that as a guideline. That would be 75 days um, away from away from sports. Now, uh, in a lot of places, at least some levels of restrictions will be lifted by then. But I, I got to think to to borrow another line from A to Z's past. I got to think if we get to Memorial Day and they're not close with some sort of plan for baseball, that it's shit your pants, Larry Nance time. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair. That's a fair. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think of it that way until you said it. But yeah, that's fair. Right. You say seventy-five days. Good low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe it when well, I saw. I couldn't believe it when I saw the fifty days um, late, late last night or early this morning. Just reading something else, but, but it was a thir- it was a Wednesday night, the Rudy Gobert thing, and yeah. then it was a Thursday that all the conference tournaments were canceled. Um, right. You know, the, the, by Friday or by Thursday afternoon, I think the governor had closed schools ineffective in a three- or yeah. five-day period. And pretty much that Monday, um, people were only going to work if they were deemed essential or to get stuff to get out. I mean, you know, I can kind of let this out now, not that it's groundbreaking, but, you know, last week I wrote um, about the technology draft and what went on. And basically in the NFL, you know, for the Browns and for teams that had new staffs, like guys haven't moved here full time. So, right. You know, in addition to that already being a factor, your scouts, in some cases, depending on the team, your assistant coaches, your GM, your higher ups were out on the pro day circuit. And there were basically a couple layers of the facility closing. At first it was like the facilities closed and this is who we deem essential, which would be the high higher ups and like the five top football people getting ready for the draft. Right. Well, they were each allowed for a time to have one or two people that they needed to make sure that we were getting laptops to places, that we were shipping equipment to where assistant coaches still live with their families, right, where all of these things were. And then in a really short period, it was like, no, the facilities are closed. They're off limits to everyone. So you got get in there, get it shipped, whatever. And then, of course, you know, as we know, IT directors and maybe video directors we're getting over to GMs and head coaches' houses. I mean, we know those guys didn't use the Best Buy Geek Squad to put together some of those setups, right? right? The Geek Squad, yeah. <laughs> but pretty much everything was locked and it was gone. And, you know, the NFL, and, and we'll see, we'll revisit this later because of the unknown, but the NFL has said facilities aren't opening until all 32 can again. And when you look at some of the cities that that affects, um, you know, you can pretty much at this point completely erase these off-season programs and then you start looking at training camp which is two full months past memorial day but again the, the right. hurdles that are going to have to be overcome and the details are going to be have to be ironed out i mean it's it's nothing is certain nothing at all right right no not at all and i'll say this to go back on your 75 days this is not me being negative nelly if baseball doesn't have a plan by that Memorial Day cutoff, this is just the A to Z plan. This ain't this is Zach and Andre. If we don't have some structure of baseball coming and, and an idea when by Memorial Day Z, 
I'm going to go on a limb and say that football doesn't start when we usually get football to start either. Right? Yeah, I mean, that that certainly seems like um, a logical chain reaction, for lack of a better word, right? I mean, realistically, yeah. and again, I, I, I want to move on to something else fairly quickly here because we can only you know beat the unknown <laughs> into the ground. Um, but, like... You're looking realistically at like three weeks minimum once baseball reconvenes to be ready to play, right? Right, right, right. So, so well, probably you're good, looking at five weeks bare minimum from the time of a go time to actually go. So right. Memorial Day to July Fourth is five weeks, right? That's I'm five a public weeks. School math, and we right may play, and they may play games. And you know what? You could have something cool. Let's say you start the season, you know, the last week of June, and then on the fourth of July you just blow it out. You know, America, beautiful. America's a beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, go all out. I think the thing. And here's the question they have, and I think this is why the dates are weird. I'm with you. We don't gotta. We don't gotta hang on this forever. I think one of the reasons why they're kind of weird about this is because, uh, you know, the governor in New York has kind of come out and said, "Hey, at some point in time, I hope us, we're having games in New York this year, baseball games." And I think if you'd have said that to me two weeks ago, I'd be like, "You're out of your mind." And the numbers are still the numbers. But I think a lot of teams are having this debate of, okay, is it, does it make more sense to come back as soon as we can and get 110, 120 games in? Or does it make more sense to be able to have games at our own park? We may not have fans there yet. And maybe we have fans by the middle of August. You know, maybe it's, you know, half capacity. I think we've talked about this. Or maybe it's a third capacity, whatever. What makes more sense? To just start a season in Arizona, Texas, and Florida? Or we'll wait until we can actually all play in our own own parks. Yeah. I think the debates, and I hope they don't all get out, but I know they will, between how much money will be played to certain guys, how the money will be distributed, and how you will, how many teams will get to play near home or at home, could play into this. And I could see, I could see ugliness coming out of this. I don't want it to, but I could see it because money's involved. Well, and, right. And he let, goes let me involved. yeah. <laughs> let me sum it up by saying this. What you said earlier, I don't know how the NBA guys are going to go for it. Well, what it's going to come down to, Dre, is if there's a chance, they're going to go for it or they're not going to get paid because these owners right. need this TV money. These organizations need this TV money. And if there's a chance to go for it and they've got scientists and doctors and smart people on their side, they're going to go for it. And the players got to go live in Arkansas or Montana or Walt Disney World. Guess where the players are going to live for a few months? Yes. The other thing about the NBA, this could – somebody in the athletic wrote this, and I agree. Hey, if you've got to play until Thanksgiving, nah, we won't go that far. But if you've got to play – whenever, whenever. Maybe we'll finally get the right NBA schedule and get rid of 82 games and get it down to 60. Amen. Forever. Amen. And start right? on Christmas when people are locked in. Yes. Not on October yes. 15th when people don't give a shit. I mean, yes. Hey, <laughs> this is the time – I will keep saying this. This is the time for all of us, especially in sports, you can pivot and become better because of this epidemic, because of what's happening right now. You really can. You can change what the norm is right now. Baseball is not going to play 162 games this year. They get 100 games. Like, change the playoff system. Change whatever. Because this is the one time you kind of have, what do you guys call it in golf, where you get another shot again? A mulligan. This is your mulligan. Thank you. <laughs> this is the mulligan that you get. So why not try different shit out? And if you're an NBA and you're willing to wait forever and ever and ever, Let's change how long a season is and what it means, please. Amen. Amen. All right, moving on. What do you got? Because there hasn't been sports in seven weeks, so I don't got shit, quite frankly. Um, 
Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to add, I don't know. You haven't watched Michael Jordan yet. I'm taking it because you haven't, you haven't talked uh, about I watched three, yet. not four yet. So so let's save that for next okay. week. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your thoughts on, just give me your thoughts on three. Um, You know, I, I, I'm riveted. I mean, th- th- this is my wheelhouse, right? Th- yeah. These were the teams of my elementary into middle school years. I was a Cavs fan and I was a Magic Johnson fan. I did not like Michael Jordan. I thought he traveled and he broke my heart as a Cavs fan. Right. Um, but then as I got older and he just, he became this icon. And then you, you look back on these teams in so many ways, being there, the night he scored 69, remembering where I was for the shot, you know, growing up saying names like Harper and Elo and Nance, like they were my friends, right? Like in the driveway, sure. pretending to be those guys watching those games on channel 43 and, Later on, Fox Sports hey. Ohio, you know, so Sports Channel, yeah, Sports Channel, right? So, like, I, I'm just riveted, and it's me, and and I'm three in, and trust me, I could watch thirty of these. So, all right, you know. you we won't do a ton on this, but I will say this to you: you just, it is our will, it's my wheelhouse too, man, and it's it makes me feel so good to be the age that I'm at, that we're watching this, and I'm so, and you know, I hate the debates about this goat versus this goat. They're all great, but I do hope the 35 and, and 35 to 22 age range is watching this and realizes that Michael Jordan and I look LeBron is from the same hometown. You guys know I love LeBron, I, I, but I'll tell you the negatives on LeBron too. Just stop. Michael Jordan could do everything your favorite player could do. Like I don't like I know some of you guys only saw like like saw the movie with Bugs Bunny and shit. Michael Jordan would have been great in any freaking time period. LeBron would have been – and, like, I've heard that. Stop doing those dumb debates. They are the top of – they're the 1% of the one percenters. okay? They would have been great in any era. They would have been fun to watch in any era. I'm glad that we're going to see that Isaiah Thomas was this huge asshole and, that, and that, that Michael still hated him. But you know what? Isaiah was the winner. Isaiah beat up – Isaiah's Pistons beat up – the Celtics, they beat up the the the, uh, the Cavs, and they beat up the Bulls. I find this I'm I'm fascinated. I can watch 16 Bs. Um, I I I'm glad that we're getting Michael to be Michael. The one thing that's different in our in our day and time is that for the most part, most of our stars, and I've Rick Manning told me this doing baseball, and I don't I don't want to put anybody on blast for this, but he's always told me that it's just going to be different going forward with current athletes who are willing to become TV guys or radio guys because of the money they're making as players. And he's mm-hmm. not against it. He thinks it's awesome. But he said to me, he goes, Andre, if I made $120 million as a player, he goes, it would have been a lot more, it would have been a lot harder to get me to leave Arizona and do 162 games a year. Right. That makes sense. Right. Um, you know, so we hear Charles Barkley. We, so, Charles Barkley still has a connection to now because we see him every Thursday night on TNT. And we see him have no idea what he's talking about when the NCAA tournament comes around. But he's our Uncle Charles, and not the Uncle Charles that lost it. So we love it. So it's fun. So you know how Charles feels about things. You know how Charles feels about the current player, or how, he, how he feels about Isaiah or whoever. Shaq is in TV who's made 300 who's the outliner here because he's made a ton of money. Isaiah Thomas is on TV. Like, you can just go through certain guys that were iconic in their era, Z. So we kind of hear from or see or, you know, they write something or do something. Well, Michael Jordan has never let us in to his world. 
He's never he's never let anybody write a biography on him. Um, he's never written. So this is the first time we really get to hear him say fuck multiple times <laughs> if you didn't cover him. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. And you get to hear how he feels about it. So thank you, ESPN, for giving us something. And tell you what, to be honest, if we didn't have going on what's going on, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it the way I would be with the baseball season well, right. going. So right. I'm appreciative. No, but you'd be finding time in the hotel room in Kansas City. That's for sure. No doubt. Definitely in Kansas City. Yeah, and, and listen, and later, I mean, they have so much money. I mean, LeBron's owned his own production company for like almost a decade now, right? So right, not, right. And not that this – I mean, Jordan obviously participated in this and signed off on things. and. You know, I'm not outraged at that, but that's just how it's going to be, right? Like, the LeBron right. story is going to be told by LeBron and, and by these companies. I yeah, mean, there is. This is a this is an impeccable stat. There's nobody that's made more shitty TV shows or movies than Maverick Carter, right? Because anybody else <laughs> would would be out of the business because he's made so many of them, right? He's just as backed by LeBron, so well, eventually hey, we'll see like, it. Hey, it will like for the, the good stuff. Like the, right, but just like in the sports, all you got to do is get one or two big hits, and that's all they remember. That's you right. For. No, that's right. That, and listen, <laughs> and it's true. a different time. Like I, I heard uh, Dan Wetzel, who we've had on this podcast, who's one of the best in my business. Uh, he was on with Raj and Ken this morning or yesterday morning or whatever, talking about like this, the name likeness image issue with college athletes and how the NCAA is yeah. taking steps. I was just about to ask you about it. And, you know, and we, you know, we'll see how it all turns out. Because I still think the best money is is the mailbox money, right? Uh, <laughs> and I and I think a lot of people are going to find out that there's not they're not really worth all that. Specifically in this economy, I've been saying that for years too. But no doubt. No doubt. Um, he said he thinks it's going to be more like um, the social media, the new age stuff. It's going to be a lot less kids advertising yep. pizza shops on campus, right? And more of yeah companies basically buying their rights to use them on social media to appeal to the even younger than them. And that, and that made a lot oh, of sense yeah. to me. It's going to be something like we've never seen before. And my wife and I were just having this conversation about this last night. You know, the fire festival, we didn't realize, I don't think any of us realized because of the domain that we live in, the influencers of Instagram and things like that, like we all scoff at it. We think it's a joke. I do. But that's a real thing out there, Zach. Not yeah. in your world, not in my world, not, right. you know, like not where we grew up. But I, I read something around Christmas. One of the Jenners, and Lord knows I don't know uh, who is who and what's what. I just know that her dad used to be a dad, and not, but he still is dad, but he's a woman. But that's no here, no there. That's God bless him. He can do that. Um, he was once on the Wheaties box, and, you know, and, and as the best athlete of all time. Still is. Um, but like I like I read like a magazine cover had self like best self self made billionaire ever or something first self made billionaire and I'm like how's she self made and then my wife goes into explaining to me the influence she has on Instagram and yeah. places like that my question is does Ohio State does Nike still have Ohio State Zach and so does that mean kids can't they can't sell like the Reeboks that they're wearing or whatever right. Right. Yeah, no, there there are several layers to this. And, um, you know, I, I want to read more before before I dive in. But you're right. I mean, there that's one of three or four questions that immediately come to mind, right? Especially because we know that specifically in basketball, the shoe companies have been pushing these kids to schools for years. Right. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so how does it, so that's my, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like we get excited, we all get excited at first. All of us, you know, like if you check social media, everybody's like, "Oh, it's about time." 
you know, we, you know, everybody had like their comments, the quick comments, you know, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, all right, who is this really going to affect? Like Nike's not going to stop giving coaches money, you know, like suddenly, yeah. um, I'm trying to think about like, I'm trying to think about like the radio deal is not going to change. Uh, the TV money is not going to change. So how much will this affect college? Now my, my wife got mad instantly because obviously she was a soccer player in college and a girl, you know, a girl's soccer player. Um, in case anybody wants to be funny, but, and she's like, well, so every guy, every player is not going to get the same amount. And I'm like, no, I go, mm-hmm. but does everybody show up? To see? And my thing is, I go, I'm like, Hey man, I go, only parents show up in women's soccer. I go, now, if you had somebody good enough to make extra people come to soccer, I go, they deserve a couple hundred extra dollars. Yep. I go, that's just how the real world works. I, to me, I know it sucks, but, hey, if you're on the swimming team and nobody goes to watch swimming, sorry, but that's the real world. Now, if I have a team – but, see, that's where it gets murky as well. Because, okay, let's say I, you have – let me say I have the – let's say we have Justin Fields, just to use that because he's mm-hmm. big-time quarterback. Everybody knows who he is, Right. right. What can he take advantage of right now to be a draw? You know, like, like what is the games are going to be on ABC or ESPN regardless of who he signs and gives money to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, but listen, but what what are the what are the kids into? They're into social media. Sure. Their their noses are right. on YouTube and Instagram all the time. So, right. I mean, what's in Columbus, Ohio? Just like in Cleveland, Ohio, there's like 567 fucking t-shirt companies. So Justin Fields, you know, just just like Jarvis does every Sunday morning and just like Odell and, and Baker do, all Justin Fields has to do is sign with one of those 567 T-shirt companies and at 4 o'clock before he goes to the stadium, take a selfie of him wearing that T-shirt and then post it on his Instagram and then the company posts yep. it on their Instagram and then the second Ohio State player they have does the same thing and it's there, right? Like Yeah. Do you remember when we had Saul Phillips on when he was the coach at OU, basketball coach? Yeah. And he told – one of the things he – I mean, he was an all-time character. And one of the things he told us was, guys, you would never know in the long college basketball season, if you're not on the inside, you would never know what it's like when so-and-so gets homesick and -and so-and-so pouts because of a bad day and -and so-and-so, the sixth man on the team, took the girlfriend of the third man on the team. He said, you would never know the bullshit that goes on. And if you ever bet on college basketball, you're so stupid. Remember when he's not verbatim, but pretty damn close to verbatim, right? Well, how about even at Ohio U, and I'm not talking about Kansas, Kentucky, Ohio State, Clemson. How about when – DJ Johnson and Jimmy Williams get $200 from courtside pizza to do Instagram before the games and one appearance on Sunday, but Johnny Johnson doesn't get it. Oh, and that's going to happen. You know, and that's going to happen. <laughs> and well, even with the shirt, even with the shirt company. Yeah. Wait until, wait, wait until one girl finesses a player, you know, a couple players, a couple basketball players into wearing the shirts for more or less. And one guy finds out he's only getting 10 bucks and two t-shirts while the girl that, you know, while the girl made a deal with him for 20. I mean, it just opens up the doors for all kinds of madness. <laughs> I, yes. Yes. So make for a great documentary in 20 years. That's all yes. I got to say. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. So I, I want to do this because when I, when I thought we were going to podcast this afternoon, I stopped by my parents and because, um, we got, you know, we just don't have sports and we're not going to, I want to do this, Dre. So I stopped by my parents I made sure the coast was clear by social distancing get guidelines because if you want 1-800-CALL-REG to pick up, you got to follow his guidelines when you need them, right? 
I went and I grabbed three piles of cards, baseball, basketball, and football cards oh. that I had. So I have them divided into three piles next to me. And I know this isn't visual, so you know, bear with us, guys. I know it's, it's terrible when you do non-visual things on radio or podcast. But we're, this is how we're going to play our American Fireworks Glory Days. Dre, which, which pile should I grab? Uh, go to your left. Okay. Pile number one. All right. I'm going to read you the first five names on these cards. And we're going to have some chuckles, and we're going to tell what we know about these guys. Okay? Okay. NBA okay. Hoops, Sarunas, Marshallonis, rookie card. <laughs> oh, Golden State. Six foot five, six foot six shooting guard. Yeah. Uh, got up and Back down. Back of the court. it says Connor Sluithiania, six five, two hundred. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite. You talk about your wheelhouse. He was one of my favorite players. He was, he was going to play along with uh, Chris Mullen, and that group it never just worked out right. He was always banged up, played hard. Uh, very much like uh, our guy that was with the Nets that got in the car accident yeah. and passed away. Drazen Petrovic. Yep. Drazen Petrovic, yes. Okay. Yeah. I like Next card, Skybox, Neil Anderson, Chicago Bears. Neil Anderson, running back, number 35. Came number 35, yes. <laughs> yes. He, he, was the, he was the starting running back when Peyton left. I uh, was a decent running back, too. Pretty good. Shuey was his was the lead blocker for a year after Peyton left, but Neil Anderson was that. Was yeah. he out of Illinois? Where was he from? Where was he uh, going to let's go to the back of the card. This is where you used to get your info. From Florida. First round yeah. pick, 1986. Florida. Okay. Florida. There you go. Okay. okay. Third card, NBA, top stadium club, Benoit Benjamin. <laughs> oh, Benoit. He was, a, oh, he was terrible. Center, seven foot. Uh, <laughs> started for the Clippers, played all over the place. People, and that's when the Clippers were the bottom of the barrel, and he was the, the he was the poster child of everything that was wrong with the Clippers. Big, talented, and terrible. <laughs> the back of the card uh, in 1991, he actually averaged 14 points a game, but that was with there's no way he did that for his career. We're gonna have to look that up. Okay, no. uh, I promise you, I didn't. These were random, but the next two, you, you guys are gonna love. The next one, top stadium club, NBA, same year, Danny Ferry. Daddy Perry, he was traded to the when he was traded to the Cavaliers. We were told we were getting the next Larry Bird. Yeah, that trade for Ron Harper will always kill me. It was the first trade that made me cry. Ron Harper was one of my favorite players, and Ron Harper currently is my favorite player for saying Lenny Wilkins fucked up when he didn't put him on Craig Elo for the shot. <laughs> and the fifth one, and I and I don't care that nobody's going to believe this, how random it is, but it is. Score was the company. The year was 1988, and the player was third baseman, first baseman, excuse me, Cincinnati Reds, Terry Francona. Shut up. I swear Shut to God, I'm going to send you a picture right now. I'm going to put, I'm going to tweet it out with this. Oh my God. <laughs> it was just, he's with the Reds? Is that the, the Reds, Reds, Terry? Yes. What's that? Yes, he's okay, with good. the Reds. I got a story for that. Okay, go ahead. Well, I got a, I got a bunch of stories I can't tell on a podcast, <laughs> but I got, um, I think that was the year that he actually started opening day because the team started whoever they start. He always had to face Roger. He always had to face Nolan Ryan. But I'm pretty sure he, uh, when he was the year he was with the Reds, for some reason he got to start opening day and he actually hit a home run. Big deal in his life because he didn't play in a lot of games. Uh, but he fell in love with Pete Rose while he was there. Uh, Pete Rose was his manager. Um, he's got a ton of great stories about playing for Pete um, that I would. It's totally up to him to tell and how to tell them. I wouldn't give him. I wouldn't give him credence. And I'll say this, Terry Francona and Doug Deacon are neck and neck for, we can have them on this podcast, 
but I never want to put them on this podcast not being able to let them truly be themselves. Yeah. So right. hopefully, and we were, and we had Deke planned and everything else, and he had to get his hip replaced. And we're going to do Deke, and we're not, and, and we we're going to get Deke, but Deke and Tito will be their greatest if we ever get them right after they retire, <laughs> and they don't give a shit. So here here's the best part about that: when you turn the card around and you look on Francona's back, you can tell it's him. But if you'd have just shown me the picture, it's kind of a, a wide angle where he's fielding his position or getting ready. You would have never guessed right. that it was Terry Francona, just really? just kind of from looking really, at it. yeah. Well, so. he's, there's some iconic. There's so many iconic pictures of him. There's pictures of him when he was a third base coach for Detroit, and he was throwing BP, not the Cecil Fielder, but the Prince Fielder. Yeah. Um, like there's just all kinds of stuff like that where he's just been around baseball, and you're like, Jesus, you've been around that long. <laughs> Uh, so that's a cool card. That's a cool, cool card to have. It absolutely is. All right, just to run through here: um, George Brett, Hobie Brenner, Vince Coleman, Derek McKee, Vince Coleman, Terry DeHair. Oh, Derek McKee. Yeah. Uh, Terry DeHair was Seton Hall, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Card. He was. Uh, Stump Mitchell, the Browns' running backs coach. He's got a card yes. here. Him. Joe Morris, the former no. Giants running back. Um, yes. Let's see. Dave Winfield All Star Card, Kiki Vandeway. Kiki, um, Kiki was nice. He had Delaney Rudd, not to be confused with Dwayne Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> he, he kept his helmet on. <laughs> a guy named I like Terry. The, oh, as I look through here, I got a baseball card here from uh, nineteen eighty-eight. A guy named Terry McGriff, a catcher from the Reds. Of this whole pile, that's the only name I don't recognize. Harry McGriff, yeah, I, I this one. I don't get. He must have been a backup catcher. Um, I like this game. We should we should incorporate this. And for those looking to get back on track and you know sponsor something cool and hip, they get a ton of people to come listen to it. We give it, we're giving you guys ideas. I'm gonna give us a new one. I stole this from the Athletic. By the okay. way, here's my free content for the Athletic. Not paid by them yet. At some point in time, they gotta give me a new hat or just put me on the roster. I got I got skills. <laughs> Another thing, though, that I, I do, I, I'm, I read the Athletic a ton. It's about all I read some nights. Um, the competition is null. They've just done a great job on bouncing back and telling old stories with new stories. Um, and I like that, like, David, that you guys, the cool thing about the Athletic, and I hope they hear this part, is that they've hired enough young and hip people, whether it's the Aries, yourself, Meisel, but they also have the guys like David Aldridge that can watch The Last Dance and then give a great story. Yeah. off of what he saw with the last dance. Every publication doesn't have that. Um, and I love that the – and he's not the only one, but you know what I mean. There's some there's some vets that – when Pat McManaman writes stuff for you guys every once in a while, I like having – because here's the thing, and Tom Reed is my favorite, by the way, even, even when he quotes me uh, in stories. I just like the mix that you guys have. That every story isn't the same thing. doesn't go the same way. And I think for like 90 days you can like get a trial free for free or some shit. I ain't never got nothing free from there but a hat. But I need another one. Um, <laughs> but you beg for enough that you should. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm taking this idea, and I think it's an idea we should do on the podcast here um, for the next few weeks or however long we got to go. But we've been in the business for, you know, we're, we're just barely touching 40. But we have almost been in the business two decades. And this came up because Tom Reed was asking me about the Phil Dawson game in Baltimore back in 07. And without even thinking, I had a couple. I'd had a couple pops. Um, I said to him flippantly, and then I read it. When I read it back a day later, I was like, "Damn!" But I agree with this. I said that game in Baltimore was one. Of, well, no matter how many games I do, baseball or football, 
that 2007 Ravens game that the Browns won. And I and, and Jim Donovan had to remind me, Jim Donovan and Tom Reed had to remind me that I was under the goalpost when that happened. And I ran out in the field, and I'm yelling to Phil, it went in, it went in. And Zacidil's, you know, and he's talking to the other team's kicker. Zacidil's like, dude, we're, we're still playing. And the whole time my mic was right there, so Donovan and Deacon could hear it. And I, I meant this, Zach, when I said it. Um, that's going to be, no matter how many games I do, and I've done a lot since then, that's going to be one of the top five games I remember the rest of my career just because the Browns always got demolished in Baltimore, just because the demeanor for the Browns was so different, and just how awkward that ending was, that's going to be one of those games I'll never forget. So I'm curious. You don't got to give me your top game, but just give me a, a game in your career that you've covered that sticks in your mind that you won't forget. Well, that one is certainly on any list of five or ten. Uh, and the other reason is, you know, Josh Cribbs got Brian Billick fired that day. He kept fucking yeah. kicking in the ball, including when they went to overtime. Cribs returns it to midfield. The Browns run two plays and win the game. Right. I mean, exactly. Look at yeah. that memory. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, as, as far as, I mean, let's be honest. Like, as far as Browns games with actual stakes like that, there, there have not, in the decade, in the 13 years that have followed, there have not been many. Um, you know, the 18 finale over in Baltimore where they just they faltered at the end, but they were in that thing the whole way. Um, right. You know, one I'll never forget. Uh, I, I, I was on Ohio State's run to the national title on 15. And I remember I didn't see at the Michigan game, I didn't see JT go down, but I knew from the immediate reaction it was bad. And I knew from what I had previously seen of Cardale, I didn't think it was going to be good, quite frankly. Right, um, right. And they rallied the troops, and they whomped Wisconsin, whomped them in that Big Ten title game. And then they went to play Alabama. It was the Sugar Bowl. It was, you know, every it was New Year's Day, New Year's Night in New Orleans. Um, and, you know, we're only talking five years ago now, right? So by that time, I, I had covered a lot of games and a lot of been around the NFL for a long time. But I will say, being in the Superdome that night, and you sit at the very top, when that team, when that Alabama team came running out of the tunnel, it was like that's fucking Alabama, and they were so much <laughs> bigger across the board than even Ohio State was, you know. And this wow. was Ohio State yeah. with Bosa and Zeke, and then right. I think it what the third quarter of that game when Zeke takes off on that eighty-five yard run, it was like not only is Ohio State going to win this game, but they're going to win the national championship, and yeah. they they did. So I, I remember that run, and I remember standing next to, on the floor of Cowboys Stadium, you know, Joey Bosa basically doing snow angels in the confetti that, there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, frankly, I, teams I covered didn't win <laughs> a lot. Right, so, right. Um, you know, I remember I the very first year, the first four in Dayton. Um, when Shaka went all the way to the final four, and they came on the court, yeah. and you, they played USC. And USC had one dude that got drafted by the Celtics um, and another dude that got drafted by somebody. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was told VCU was good, but this it, it looked like a college team warming up versus a high school team. And VCU right. ran them right off the floor. Right off the floor. And then, obviously, VCU was pretty good because they won four more games after that. But uh, that's this is cool because I, I could go on and on. Um, me too. You gotta go. Here's one here. I got a high school basketball game for me for you, and you're gonna have to help me for me. But you're gonna have to help me with the names because this whole weekend is blurry. Okay. And I actually did this game. 
uh, high school boys state championship. The game I did where Diebler went for a quadruple double yeah. and got his nose broken. I believe he was playing against the Dayton Dunbar team that had Odom's brother on it. Um, but they had somebody else that they had somebody else that went to Ohio State. They the guard that would, so they uh, John Diebler was Upper Sandusky and they lost to Day, they lost to Dayton Dunbar, who had yes. Daquan Cook. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and in a big game, somebody, big man Daquan, was named Poe. They had Daquan, but yeah, Poe. Yeah, thank Aaron Poe, I believe. Yes. Yeah, he went to Cleveland State, and then they, they had Aaron Poe, and they had Greg Oden's little brother. So they had a seven footer and a six foot ten, and DeGuan De- Cook going against Diebler and like four kids from Upper Sandusky. No offense to Upper Sandusky. Diebler was the baddest mofo I'd ever seen. Blood nose was going crooked. Went game double overtime. I believe Upper Sandusky lost, but he went for like 47, 15, 12, and 11. And even though they lost, I remember like the whole arena stopped. Like, I remember I had to do post game and I was interviewing Cook or whoever because obviously he deserved it. Yeah. Because he went off too, by the way. <laughs> but I'll just never forget, like, in our, I remember my producer in my ear going, Yeah, you're right. You may have to get that. You may have to get the kid from the losing team. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, no shit. He's got gods. It looked like he, he looked like Rocky Balboa. His nose, you know, he had like the gauze in his nose. His jersey was like ripped and, and all over the place. It was, it was one of the most unbelievable individual uh, performances I've ever seen. And I saw all LeBron's games in high school throughout the playoffs, the state championship games. I was going to bring up the Roger Bacon game. But I actually worked this upper Sandusky game, and I thought John Diebler was going to be the next John Havlicek <laughs> when I walked out of that arena that night. So it was amazing, Z. The reason you brought that up is because you know you knew I'd do what I did, which is rip that other stuff right off the top of my head, right? But this yeah, is good. Yeah. So Diebler, Diebler had 48. It was the third highest point uh-huh. total in tournament in state tournament history behind 53 by Jerry Lucas and 51 by Clark Kellogg. Those were both before the three-point line, obviously. The final was 87-85. Uh, Dayton Dunbar won. Aaron Pogue had... Let's see. What did it say here? Um, Diebler had... was. This is the Columbus Dispatch from March 25th, 2007. Okay? Diebler was surreal, playing through a bloodied and broken nose and totaled 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, and 7 steals to go with 48 points. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he had a bunch of turnovers too. I mean, well, they, and it's, their style. And his dad was the head coach. Yeah, and their style was the running gun press, diamond press you. And he was at the head of the diamond. I mean, I don't know how he had any energy left. I really don't, because they tra- and and Dayton Dunbar tried to trap him all game long, and he obviously broke it. <laughs> right. Yeah, Who no, was it was. For, for, that's an all-time all-timer right there. Yeah, absolutely that, iconic. They, it really was, and I've seen we've seen a couple other um, games down in Columbus. Remember Humpty Hinchins, uh, Chili Coffee? He wasn't Chili Coffee. Oh, yeah. Of course I remember. Of course I remember Humpty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so speaking yeah, of this, guys, um, one thing we're going to do here in the next couple of weeks is is we're going to uh, mix in a little of our own glory days, but we're going to honor this year's seniors who lost seasons and lost just special times uh, in college and in high school. Uh, to this crazy time. But for now, we're going to get out of here because, frankly, we've got to save our good ideas and our good laughs. We appreciate yeah. you listening. Um, 
We ask not only that you support our sponsors if you can, but you just be kind to who you can support. That's your neighbors, your family, people that need it. You know, we if you've been listening, thank you. And we know not everybody has because there hasn't been live sports and all that stuff. We get it. Um, but, you know, we've talked about just how this is weighing on everybody and everybody's on edge. And, and um, you know, frankly, I had to block 60 people on Twitter because they're a bunch of fucking dickheads. So, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's there's some, nor- there's just, some normal. There's yeah, some normal. And, and no, it's speaking normal. I have to say this because I, I, I'll, I'll forget. Um, you know, the Brown Steiner Shard Higgins and it's great. It, make, it makes perfect sense to try to bring him back. But when... This is to my peers. When you really write with a straight face that he had other offers, but he came back for the bare minimum to play with Baker Mayfield, like, think about what you're writing. That is such a lie. Who in sports history has ever turned down more money? What options did Rashard Higgins really have after the draft that he's turning them down to come back to the Cleveland Browns who are running a two-receiver set and have replaced him three times over? I mean, seriously, guys. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I dog. I read this shit all the time, man. And I just, I've learned not to. Tw- I, I know the fact that. Hey, man, I really respect the game, the writing game, not only in sports but just in general. But the writing game, and just like the radio game, we've um, we've watered it down, brother. It's been watered down. A well, no, bit. listen, we, we we've all been fed bullshit, right? And, and, and we've all yeah, dealt with it. Sure. But, like, you, we just have to think think about what's true in that. You know? <laughs> right. He was right. a free was, agent for six weeks. He knew he was going to be a free agent for six months. He signs a right. one-year minimum deal with the Cleveland Browns. But he turned down other offers. I mean, right. <laughs> it's his agent's that job to lie. It's your job right. to not pass that bullshit along. Right. I, I, dude, I hear you. I hear you. It's like I heard somebody, never mind. I don't want to bring up what's going on in our country. But it's like somebody, somebody, um, I heard somebody say it's like your wife complaining about you trying to clean up, needing help cleaning up the house. Rather you cleaning up the house, you go out and get a, get, get, get her some flowers. And you're like, here you go. It's like, no, we need the house clean, motherfucker. Hey, <laughs> some people are more gullible than others. You just take it for what it is. Hey, they got Hollywood back. He didn't even get to keep his number. And I like Hollywood. I, I yeah, like, that, that should sure tell you how much book. in demand he was. He didn't even get to keep his number. <laughs> right. He didn't even let him keep his jersey. I mean, look, um, but look now, now that I'm going on, let me say this, okay? Like, Stefanski and Barry have jobs to do. And part of the job is, is answering for their public moves, right? And, like, for whatever reason, and, pro- and for reasons I understand, like they're trying to motivate David Njoku, and like they've said, we love him, we want him, we we want, and, and of course they do because we all we always knew that was a down the road pick, but they keep hiring guys to replace him, so we'll see how that plays right. out. But to, yeah, for someone to actually think that Rashard Higgins turned down more money to come back to the Cleveland Browns, like we got to think about what we're saying here. <laughs> I well, I was like, what did I get mad about? Remember. I, Remember there was a report that Kitchen that the Giants wanted. Was it Njoku? Who was it? Remember no, yeah, I, like, the, yeah, the, I was like, the rumor linked Freddie to, to Njoku. Right. Yeah, and I like got mad and I was like, who the fuck would put that out there? He wouldn't play him in Cleveland. Why would he bring him to New York? Right. Like right. like put two and two together, people, before you tweet or write something. Yeah. And I get we're all hey look, and there is a pressure. 
and you're dealing with it differently than I am, but I'm dealing with it too. There is a pressure right now with what's going on. Everybody wants, and I get this, and I'm trying not to fall into this trap, but I get those that are. It's a trap right now. Of, I got to write something. I got to do something. I got to report something because I don't want my job to think I'm expendable. I, no. I, you know, I want to be essential to my company. You're, you're, I want to bring something to the you're table. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, I, I just I wanted to pick that out because you know for what it, I, I know blah, 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 easy for me to say <laughs> is I started going heartfelt and thanking you guys like for whatever reason or reasons that you've stuck with us or that you tune in occasionally or just whatever like thank you and if one of those is that we keep it real then it's my job yeah. to say we, I'm gonna keep it real on this one so for I mean sure. look we we know last year was a mess. And when you read between the lines here, with Njoku and with Higgins, they've invested in guys that fell out of favor with the last coaching staff, right? So, right, right. so I, I'm not saying that. I mean, the guy only caught a handful of passes all year. One of them was a game winner, like to, to win the Buffalo game, which if you don't completely fall apart at the end, that's a game that could, could get you in the playoffs. I'm just saying, like, let's not believe he had any other options. Like let's let's right. not, let's get let's, a grip right. on where we are. Well, let's take it a step. Yeah, and I'll take it a step further. And I'm being I'm being real. I'm being honest. This is the best place for him to be, with with the yes. circumstances of our world right now and everything else. We don't need to write all that. It was a throwaway season for both of those guys last year. We don't need all the hyperbole. We don't need it. We don't even need to. I told you back in the day. And the only reason I call him Hollywood is he was the fourth receiver drafted in that shit draft. And he made it. He's still in the NFL. So he's not Richard. He's Hollywood. But if Hollywood wants to still be Hollywood, he's got to dedicate himself better. He is and the guy. that's okay. He, Remember, he got caught up in the hype like everybody else. Yes. He went on Instagram and wore the shirt that said Cleveland Browns Super Bowl. See you in Miami. He wore. He, he right. did that. <laughs> he got caught up in it. And that's, and that's fine. You didn't have leadership to not have him caught up in it, right? Yeah. You, and, and, that's, and that's part of all of this. And I think that's what Zach is saying about both these guys. Let's cut the bullshit. You had two talented enough players. They're asking Rashard to be the three or four receiver. That's an important role on this team, but not in the top five of importance. But they're asking both of these guys, grow up. You can be a nice part or a big part of who we are, but you have to grow up. And obviously for Barry to be around, be around as long as he has and have the intel that he has on the team, he, know, he was around when they drafted the tight end. He knows that if we get these guys in the right mindset – they can help us win if they grow up. If they don't, we have things to fall back on now where we don't have to rely upon them. That's what good teams do. I have nothing against that. Matter of fact, I kind of like it. But don't give me all the bullshit. I don't need all the hyperbole about either one of them. <laughs> Correct. Because neither one of them – I don't. And, and that's all Zach is really saying. Yes. They're not bad guys. They're not bad people. They need to grow up. I think all of us at some yes. point – Yes, look, what, what I Browns, said is nothing the, personal. The, the I just Browns said to, I can't the, believe the what Browns I'm seeing on my computer up. screen. Right now. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm What's just saying that? I can't believe what I see on my computer screen that we think that it – I mean, he's a free agent for six weeks. The Steelers signed two receivers from the XFL, right? Oh, he had other <laughs> options. He just really likes it here. <laughs> he didn't have other options. He was going to go to the XFL. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the pack. listen, the Packers did not draft a receiver. And then signed 20 guys undrafted after one, and only one of them was a receiver. They took fullbacks. They took hey. tight ends. They took defensive ends. <laughs> they took janitors. He had other, opp- but, he had other opportunities. But, you know, yeah, but, but you know, Rashard always just felt more comfortable in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You brought up the Packers. Um, 
What do you make of it? Like, I don't like drafting. They haven't drafted. Dra- like, think about what. Like, here's two things, and I know we're off the tangent, but you ain't got to leave yet. I'm going to hold you to this. The Denver Broncos, look what John Elway has done. And I think I like their quarterback because he knows young Jeezy. I don't know if Jones is any good, but he wrapped young Jeezy, and I like him. I like his weapons. Look at the weapons John Elway has given his young quarterback. And look what the Packers have not done for Aaron Rodgers in the last 10 years. They don't draft first-round receivers, first-round uh, running backs. Yeah. Barely any lot. They, they don't. And then they draft the first-round quarterback. And I'm not, I know that Aaron Rodgers is like 36, 37. I don't like that move if I'm a Green Bay Packers. And this is the shout-out to Romeo Travis. It was going nuts about this during the, during the draft, and we were and P. Williams and I were making fun of him. But the longer I look at what the Packers have done, I can see as a Packers fan where I'd be frustrated, and I wouldn't understand why you're taking a freaking quarterback in the first round and not a receiver, especially in this type of draft. See, especially in this type of draft, Dre. Especially, like look know. at the receivers in this draft. Right, they're going to take like love? all time, all time. Yeah, I mean, listen, th- that is a great radio topic. What should what should Aaron Rodgers be more mad about? Them taking a quarterback or them not taking a receiver? It should be taking a receiver. Right. It's, absolutely. Yeah. Give him one receiver. Give him one and then go take a quarterback in the second round. But then you look at Denver, and Denver's doing a complete opposite. And I bring them up because of this. Because I like that John Elway was, wait for this word, honest. When they asked him because he took – the, the kid that can fly out of Penn State, the second or third round, right? The PJ, uh, uh, you know, the, the kid from Penn State. Why well, can't I think it was? KJ Hamler. We didn't have a yeah. Ham, yeah. They took him. They took. They took like two receivers, tight end. They took. They got young guys from last year. They got a uh, Cortland, uh, who I want on our team next year, by the way, on our, our fantasy team. Yeah. But they asked Elway. They asked Elway after the draft why he's gone, so, gotten so many weapons. And he goes, because the guy in Kansas City is going to score 40 on everybody. And the only yeah. way we're going to win the AFC West. No, that like division has become the Big 12. That It has. And, yeah. you, and you have to build according to your division. There's no doubt about it. There but how cool, is that, that they, that, how cool is it that the GM basically said that? Yeah. we got to keep up with we got to keep up with KC. This is yeah. what we got to do. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, man. Pat Mahomes. He's pretty good. All right. Thanks, guys, yeah. for listening. Um, you know, scene, Honeymoon Grill, American Fireworks. We said it. They have what you need for your virtual graduation parties. We'll be back next week. We appreciate you listening to A to Z. We appreciate all the support. Be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Can you see why my other places I get to play? 